copy, shift box. I got radio check. Yeah, radio is working fine. Yeah, copy all personnel. Yeah, copy, mate. The chair in the vent bag. Yeah, stitch her up there, thanks, mate. Yeah, right, copy that. Right, welcome. Welcome. We, we've got Weary uh, via telephone. Satellite. Sat- satellite. Is it satellite up at Chittering? Uh... <laughs> it's probably facts. <laughs> On your, um, yeah, I've been, I've been told when Weary offers a, a holiday retreat up to your Chittering farm, it means cheap labour. So beware anyone that gets that offer. <laughs> Andy's full aware of that. Matt. Yes. He's, uh, yeah. Uh, but it, it's it's cheap labour, but uh, free alcohol <laughs> and, and, and a nice steak. Yes, right. Yeah. Oh, welcome, lads. Andy, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Maddie. Yep. I uh, now I tried to explain to the wife uh, since we missed our one uh, fortnight ago, our monthly chat. I was comparing it to how the wife feels when I go away for work. Like, you know, that feeling of loneliness and <laughs> emptiness. That's what it was like for me with uh, missing you guys for, oh. a, for a couple of weeks. So I'll just let you know it did affect me. So we're, anyway, we're back, everyone. Well, uh, you know, uh, are you okay, though? <laughs> I've, uh, I've got my fix, my, right. uh, my fun right. fix today. So we'll get into it. We've got a bit to cover. Uh, Weary, congratulations yes. on predicting the Suckers Rally from our last chat. Uh, Thank you. It did happen. It did happen and happening look, uh, again, it appears. Look, I, I reckon, I, I just think, uh, you know, we had um, the last uh, or last night on the Dow was pretty quiet or in the US market as a whole, but the previous two evenings, the US market absolutely rocketed after, you know, retreating back sort of in that 15 to 20% range like it did in July. And, and it's sort of like, all is forgotten, but uh, the, the the bottom line is nothing has changed. And, uh, um, you know, I, I can waffle on into my rhetoric if you like, but um, it was sort of led um, uh, to a degree. You know, Australia was one of the first central banks to sort of soften their stance, if you like, on uh, interest rates with just a, a 25 point basis uh, rise uh, when we we're sort of expecting another half a percent. And uh, look, it's it, it, on the back of the uh, US doing 75 basis points. Um, uh, you know, I still think the underlying problems are there, and the you know the, the the underlying problem is is still you know rampant inflation. Yes, it might be easing, as as in the the upward pressure, but it's not going away despite the rate rises. Um, so I think the underlying problems are still there. So uh, these rallies, I think, will be fairly short-lived and uh, you, you, you're going to see us sort of, um, you know, be in a volatile range for some time to come. So, um, you know, I'm still uh, of the view that uh, um, in markets like this, you can trade them, um, but cash is king at the end of the day and you don't want to get caught holding the baby because with everything that's going on in the world, uh, with the Northern Hemisphere heading into their winter and uh, in the midst of an energy crisis, um, you know, you saw OPEC overnight c- cutting bloody uh, supply by 2 million barrels a day. Um, it, it just adds to uh, what, what I think is still going to play out over some period of time, which for markets is going to lead to uh, continued volatility. So, you know, my, my sort of take on it is to be selling into these rallies with the view that... Um, you're going to have 
you know, not so much negative news on inflation, but still very high inflation. Like the US is, you know, the, the range that they're targeting, they're, they're so far off it at the moment, it's, it's, it's laughable. So, um, yeah, definitely a few concerns out there at the moment globally, Matt, just about the state of play and just how bad, you know, a potential recession is going to be. Well, it's a, the leading indicator is uh, Woolworths, I think, because we went there the other day and a kilo block of cheese was sixteen dollars. I couldn't believe it. Jesus Christ! <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't even pay that up at Chittering, I don't think. <laughs> oh mate, they're rich. Uh, we, up there. we make ours up here. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, now with with the gold with the gold price, can you give us some insight into, uh, I guess, its behaviour with the market? Yep. How a stronger market is also seeing an uplift in the gold price, the US gold price as well, which is, I guess, what we're not historically used yep. to. No, no, exactly. We, we um, you know, at, at, during, uh, uh, I suppose, the downturn we experienced in July, um, and, and normally during periods of, of high and rising inflation, you, you expect gold to be bought as a natural hedge. However, the US dollar was bought, and it was bought hard, and it was bought at the expense of gold. So um, that trend sort of continued. You know, we had a, a US dollar gold price in the north of $1,800, and, and then it came down into the low 1600s and has, has forced its way back over around to the 1730 level. Um, but for in the early part of this sort of downward cycle, that they just went for the strength of the US dollar. And while you've got rising interest rates, you're going to have lots of uh, uh, funds flow globally into more bonds and interest-bearing securities because uh, obviously you get a return off that and you don't get a return off gold. Um, however, we've seen a little bit of a change uh, of late and, uh, you know, be it on the back of, uh, you know, further... Uh, uh, a, a little bit better job starter out of the US. Uh, and we have seen a bit of a flight back to gold that's seen a bit of a recovery. But, you know, despite all through this period, you know, you saw the Aussie dollar come down to, you know, in that sort of 60, uh, 65 and below sort of range for a period of time. The Aussie dollar gold price is still bloody good, as we as we all know. So, you know, I, I still, th you know, we still have... Uh, uh, significant exposure to gold and producing golds. Uh, we're probably trading them a little bit more aggressively at the moment than we sometimes would. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we still think gold is is uh, a great store of value and is going to be sought after uh, in in all markets and uh, uh, will come through the other end of this shining. Well, then we've got some gold profit results to discuss today. Capricorn and West Africa, they were the standouts and. What else have we got? We've got a bit of red dirt acquisition and new chair and the chairman, the uh, Leonora consolidation word on the decline, as we called it last time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got DeGray, DeGray raising 130 mil, David South and popping up in uh, at Cygnus Gold. And we're mm. going to talk a bit of uh, develop. Bit of develop, right, yes. Bill, Bill Beeman's uh, cult following around the globe. So, yep. right, we may as well get into it. Right. Sensational recap as always, <laughs> Weary. Thanks for but it. Doesn't it's not um it's not a geographically uh, constrained. Put it that way. Whether you're in Chittering or Perth, it's sensational <laughs> every time. 
<laughs> Cheers. Right, yeah. red dirt. Red dirt. Yeah, so red red dirt's had a, a pretty interesting couple of weeks. Um, they announced the appointment uh, um, of David Flanagan um, from sort of Atlas Gold or Atlas Iron Ore, really uh, fame. So he's come on as chairman, and um, you know people remember, you know, might remember David as you know taking them, you know, which was a sort of they stranded iron ore deposits in the. Yeah, you know, and building it up into a significant iron ore business sort of thing, and uh, and I think what what's a tri- you know we caught up with him the other day, and you know at some stage I think Atlas was capped at a couple of billion dollars, and I think what what was he saying, Weary? I think he got to sort of twelve, thirteen billion tons per annum at, at one stage. Yeah, yep, yep, um, yep, absolutely. And they were the number four yeah, iron ore producer. Just, that's right, and, the, and then the cost cost crunch came, and uh, they ended up selling out to I think. Uh, Gina in the end, but D- David long gone there. But but you know what he what he had done is you know built something from scratch. And w- what he s- was attracted to Red Dirt is that uh, uh, you know with with all these lithium things, it's all about speed to market. So who can be the quickest? And you've seen something like Core. You know Pilbara's already doing it. Core Lithium, uh, uh, um, you know, capitalised it over a couple of billion dollars, and they're looking at you know producing you know. Imminently, um, and, and what he saw the potential for red dirt to really because it's on grinding mining leases, you know, and and uh, infrastructure is good that they could be you know up in production, you know, potentially within a couple of years, sort of thing. So, so their their maiden mineral resources due out this month. Or yeah, any, I think it's due, yes, it's sort of. I think they've cut off all the drilling for it. They, they had some not quite not you know some nice results out the other day on the um, uh, the final. Uh, campaign of drilling, um, you know, showing that you know the uh, mineralisation continues. So that that maiden resource here, yeah, we're hoping um, to be decked sometime in October. And and I think sort of the the market's probably looking for anywhere around that sort of you know that ten million tons at sort of I- anywhere between probably one point three and you know one point five percent three, which is um, you know which is a nice starter case. I think they'll certainly be able to expand that, but um, you know that's enough to say well. You know, we think we've got a development here, and um, you know, as I said, looking at fast tracking, and then it's probably discussions with off takers, how to get this financed, um, all, all those things that that Dave David did previously with Atlas. You know, they, you know, everyone was very sceptical at the start. How can you truck iron ore, you know, three hundred kilometres to the port? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, it's like lower quality, lower grade. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he certainly know, knows how to build things, and um, you know, I think it's um, they're sort of in that. It, if they can get to market and be at the forefront, then I think uh, you know they should be re-rated. And interestingly enough, you know, his incentive package is sort of all about the share price, you know, getting to sort of north of a dollar, um, you know, where, where his sort of options kick in. So, um, you know, as shareholders, we're um, you know certainly backing him, and hopefully, um, you know, over the next couple of years, they can get in production and continue the re-rating. So, what, I guess what drew you to Red Dirt? So, just looking at it, you've got the sister Sam's the Sort yeah. of the high grade, high grade portion, and yep. then you've got the uh, Timonial mid grade Timony. Sparrow Timony, and that's Sparrow right. North looks a little bit lower grade because yeah, that's the right. same they hit. They're hitting twenty nine yeah. meters at one point nine two percent. Yep. Um, I guess can you do you guys can you look at I guess this. Have you got a rough idea what that mineral resource is going oh, to be coming up to it? You, you can certainly do like back of the envelope, yeah. you know, type type numbers, estimate the, the you know the, your true thickness, you, uh, you know, the strike length, um, you know, depth extension, and the SG, which is you know your specific gravity. So you can work out a rough volume and then multiply that by the SG, and you sort of come up with that that sort of range. You know, we don't have 
access to you know how, how much their um, you know the wireframes the um, you know extending the minimization sort of thing um, out of that but so, so that's a sort of the rough ballpark and um, I think Bill Potter uh, is that right where he initiated the other yep. the, the other week they did and, and they're sort of at that what were they I think they're tar- estimating sort of tw- anywhere between 12 and 17 million tons yeah yeah the, the, there seems to be a consensus out there I, I, I noticed uh, Paul Howard from Canaccord and the uh, Bells analyst are, are, are pointing towards sort of more 15 million tonnes, which I think would be a, you know, would, which would be a, a fantastic result. Yep. Um, interestingly, Matt, we, we were originally in there for the gold. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, as you know, you're going all right there. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, well, well to, but, to, to be fair, so is the company. Like, the company yeah. bought this project yes. for for the Man Ida Gold Project. Well, I think and, that's uh, what I was saying for. I was just looking for gold yeah, at the grocer as well. Yeah, when you- exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. As, as I say, yeah. give me a lucky geologist rather than a smart one. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and when they got, the, got all the data, they discovered this uncut core with, um, you know, 20-odd metre zones of um, pegmatites containing, you know, beautiful spodumene crystals. So, um, uh, And yeah. per- we'll talk about perfect timing in the cycle of yeah. the uh, creation of it. Like 20 years ago, I'd be oh. like, oh, well, I wouldn't even worry about it. But uh, yeah. isn't it oh, perfect um, we're in a battery no, metal no, spot? A- a- absolutely. I mean, I, you know, in the old days, that's why it wasn't even assay. It wasn't even worth, you know, was, no one was even looking looking at lithium or pegmatites or anything like that. Um, and, and they've, they've now also- uh, added... Added, sorry, sorry, Matty, I was just going to say they've added uh, uh, another project. Oh, and goes your red me mine, mate. Gone. That's exactly what I was going <laughs> yeah. just oh, about okay. to say. I'll shut up. <laughs> no, 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 go. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, go, I was providing the segue to you. Yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, they acquired 100% interest of a company uh, uh, called Electrostate, which were in our office. We didn't even know it was happening. So, <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the Chinese walls are definitely up. Uh, but... Uh, Yinathara, is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, Yinathara, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of, uh, uh, you know, it's a very early stage pro- project. These guys uh, um, uh, bought the, the vendors, bought the project, I think, for about sort of, uh, was it 500 grand or something, and have, have uh, uh, made a tidy sum in a short space of time by vending it into uh, uh, red dirt. But they've got some... Uh, a lot of outcropping uh, pegmatites. They haven't done a lot of drilling, but the drilling that they've done came out with some pretty handy intersections. It was, you know, I think 30 metres approaching sort of 2% uh, lithium. And uh, uh, so very early days, but a lot of outcropping pegmatites, which uh, uh, ran over a strike length of about five to seven kilometres or thereabouts. And uh, so as soon as red dirt can get on the ground, because they've still got sort of, uh, circa $16, $17 million in the bank, they're going to hit this with a 5,000-metre uh, program uh, probably in November because uh, they're actually it's on a station up in the Gascon and they're currently mustering, so they don't want them in the way. But as soon as they can, they're going to drill this out pretty smartly. Um, so really, the guys were very excited uh, when uh, uh, we went up and saw them on the day of the acquisition and, uh, you know, of the opinion that they, got, they can sort of um, drill out a resource in a pretty short space of time. So it uh, uh, could be a nice little add-on. Uh, with the the Mount Ida project, so that's in, cause that's in Leonora, isn't it, near Leonora? Yeah, just south yeah. of Le- – yeah, you fly to Leonora that a good, in a couple good, of hours. Good, ge- good, good location? Yep. Is that handy for, I guess, 
Oh, to get on the roads and stuff, and ultimately to port. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not too bad. And what? And what's I guess your capital uh, for producing these lithium uh, lithium I, operations? I, yeah. is, is it? Ca- it's not very capital intensive. So, I, I was supposed spot. to give you an idea. So, Core are building a relatively small million ton per annum, um, but they're just doing a, a DMS, um, not not a float plant. So, their capital cost was about ninety million. Uh, estimate sort of thing. If you've got to put in a flotation, depending um, you know, on your recoveries, then you, it's probably another 50 to 50% on top of that for, uh, yeah. So, so I think, you know, something like a red dirt would be targeting. They haven't c- completed all their metallurgy, but, you know, your gut feel it might be sort of 150 type thing yep. uh, for a, you know, one and a half million tonne, two million tonne. Just it all depends on the resource and, Reserves, obviously, uh, you know what, what, what sort of uh, what, what's the right scale of it all, yep. and that and that cross section they got the long section long they've section, got of yep. the um, ore body for Sister Sam's that's going down to about four hundred meters. Yep. Is that open pit range four hundred no, meters, or I, that's I getting way I, too deep? That's probably getting way too. Deep. I think you'd look at under, you know you'd be looking at an underground on that, similar to what Lion Town are doing. Really, I mean Lion Town of Lion Town's widths are obviously bigger. Um, they're sort of, you know, up to true widths of sort of 40, 50 metres. This looks like sort of true widths of, of 20-odd metres. But when you, you know, at these sort of prices, um, I, I know when I was up on the Liontown site trip before diggers, they were talking about, you know, to put it in gold equivalent terms, you're looking at sort of 13, 14 grams underground. Oh, really? Sort yeah. of thing. So at these prices. So, yeah. you know, but even if they come off, you know, even if they have, you're still looking at a pretty attractive, um, you know, mining operation, you know, saying. So, you know, six or seven grand. Who, who knows how long these prices can hang around for, Matt? But uh, uh, core just uh, like uh, similar to what um, um, uh, Pilbara have been doing with their BMX bike auction, uh, hosed uh, fifteen thousand tons out of uh, DSO um, uh, uh, during the week. So at I what think just it was crushed like, and sent. Yeah, yeah. crushed yeah, and sent. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And and you know, for the fifteen thousand tons, they realised nine hundred and fifty bucks. A ton US, so you know when you're uh, uh, going into the uh, you know commissioning through that commissioning phase, it's very nice to have another sort of you know twenty odd million bucks in the tin to uh, you know account for any contingencies. Yep. Oh, watch the watch this space, red dirt. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, absolutely. Now the Leonora yeah. consolidation. Now, as as quoted in Chieftain Chatter, a bit of a strange little play by Kin Mining. They bought twenty million Dacian shares uh, as Genesis uh, sort of gained control with sixty percent of Dacian. Yeah. Um, any context inside yeah, of it's an what's interesting going one. on? And then, and then yesterday, um, the announcement that uh, Kin had become a substantial because. Oh, over 5% uh, it, now. Yeah, so, no, but it was actually, so you've got Delphi, who is Kin's major shareholder at about 30%, which is the, the German base fund, Delphi, they're in lots of sort of small small juniors. Um, and they've bought sort of 30 million shares on market, it looks like, and Kin itself looks like it's gone from 20 million to 30 million. So combined, because they hold more than 20%, they've got to disclose as an associated party. Um, so their combined holding of 60 odd million is about 5%. Of Dacian, and you've now got Genesis at over seventy percent, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, an odd one. I can't. Um, I'm not sure they got reasons, but you've also, you know, St. Barbara owns fifteen percent of Kin as well. So there's, you know, lots of things to play out. Lots of handholding uh, under the table. <laughs> <laughs> every, yeah, every, yeah. It's, it, it really is an odd one. I mean, uh, 
uh, I, I suppose they're just going to aim to because I'm pretty sure uh, Dacian uh, uh, Genesis are over seventy uh, percent now yeah. Dacian. Yeah. So it looks like they're just aiming to be a troublesome sort of dissident shareholder at the end of the day, and you know perhaps they'll have to be offered a premium to uh, uh, to mop that up. Um, that's the only reason I could think that they're sort yeah. of positioning themselves there, or if someone else comes along. But just seems so late in the party when um, Genesis have gained control, changed the board. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I just thought it was a bit of a strange move. Yeah, and if they don't get over 10%, then, of course, like uh, to stop compulsory acquisition because if Genesis gets to over 90%, they can 90, compulsory yeah. the balance sort of thing. So um, oh, right, yeah. a, a little bit odd. And then and then the other day when Red 5 was raising $60 million, they also talked about how they were in discussions with St Barbara as well on the um, you know potential consolidation because you've got the – King of the Hills mill that's sort of four and a half million tonnes um, up the road from uh, some, you know, from Gwalior. So there's lots of milling capacity around, and um, so we'll see, see how it all plays out. Really, was, was King of the Hills originally owned by Saint Barbara, um, like ten years ago? Am I am I off my head there? I just had it in my head yeah. that they they owned it originally, and then originally it was Mount Eden, uh, and then Gwalia had it, bought it. Um, so, You're yeah, showing so, your age, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I've got, uh, maybe I've got that wrong. Right. I think it was a company, uh, Camelot, that was run by Stephen Dean. Um, I think Mount Eden turned into Camelot and then um, uh, Gualia ended up buying it and, um, you know, to all that, they had that wall slip uh, and it became problematic. And you know, obviously, Gwalia then went into administration, and I think you might be right. I think St Barbara might have popped out of that and bought, um, may have bought that. I, I, I know that they, uh, I think they had also bought, yeah, St Barbara may have also bought Carasu that ended up selling that on to um, Guido Staltari at, um, which became Saracen. Yeah, um, well, it, it sounds like a similar, like a West Musgrave situation. That they had it sold and yeah, buying it back in a, pot- in, potentially. In a so. Um, yeah, we'll and see. We'll see how that all plays out, mate. What's uh, and with uh, I guess Genesis, with I guess what they're up to developing um, the Ulysses project and consolidation. Any any sort of movement in that area or nothing? Oh, nothing's been really publicly. No, nothing's really been public. They you know they've obviously you know they raised a hundred million the other day. Um, they've done the Dacian deal. Uh, you know Ulysses is sort of a couple of million ounces of, of resource. They haven't put any out any mining studies out there. I think. You know that, uh, and and they publicly said they're in discussions with St Barbara for right, the consolidation. So, you know, there's lots of you know, chess pieces probably to move around, and people a lot smarter than me will um, be knowing how it all works together. But yeah, you, know, you clearly think that you know the Ulysses or um, you know is it better off at um, you know the Gwalior Mill or some higher grade? You know, the higher grade going through there, maybe trucking some of the lower grade to Dacian, which is a larger mill. Um, yeah. Weary, do you think it's going to be a bit of a, I guess, a game of patience from Mr. Finlayson of uh, the uh, long-term consolidation? Yeah, very much so, uh, Matt. I, I, I sort of, uh, and, you know, I know we've spoken about this before, but, you know, uh, you know they, they need to clean up the uh, Simbirian uh, in particular and uh, the in PNG and then Atlantic in uh uh, Canada, you know, I, I just think, um, you know, uh, 
really would want to see those assets divested before they uh, launch into St Barbara. Um, you know, PNG's always, always, you know, it's got some fantastic resources, but uh, it's always been problematic. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, but I think that project's sort of 200 mil capex yeah. minimum to get up and running, which I, I just don't think they want any part of. So, you know, I think they'd be looking at how they dispose of that, how they can perhaps uh, uh, dispose of uh, Atlantic or, or uh, you know, should there be a sale process um uh, then you're left with a nice sort of uh, clean uh, 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 Leonora operation, which, you know, fits quite nicely. So I, I think he'll play the long game and, uh, you know, that there is talk of others coming in, but, you know, it, it really does. He's got the currency to make this happen. And uh, ultimately, you know, I think uh, we'd all like to see it in, in safe hands of uh, uh, Rally and his team, which is a proven team. And, you know, hence uh, uh, we're Genesis holders. So it'll take a bit of time, but uh, I think he's there for the long haul. And uh, Rally, if you're listening, mate, if you can get in for a podcast in the next two months, you'll get a uh, complimentary invite to my Christmas party. So it's, uh, <laughs> looking forward, that's going to be a good day. Oh, mate, mate, he's too busy training for his boxing match, uh, which is going to be in November. So oh, is he? Uh, he's doing the charity boxing again here. Yep, so, yep. Uh, oh, but no one would want to... Um, He's too nice. He's too much of a well-renowned bloke for anyone want, wanting yeah, to punch no him. I've never heard a bad him. word said about him. Yeah, there's a couple yeah. other blokes I reckon you could throw in there. <laughs> get a few, get a bit of interest. Uh, uh, right, but speaking of, uh, uh, I guess some Aussie. Aussie successful mining magnates. We'll move on to our great friend of uh, Precision's Bill Beamont and Develop. We haven't had a good um, we haven't had a good spiel on Develop yet, um, which I don't know why because we're both <laughs> shareholders. Um, and you, the I saw Precision were over there to yeah. Woodlawn part of their um, fire strategy session. How'd that all go? Yeah. Oh, look, it was fascinating. Um, you know, had a good turnout. All these sort of senior. Senior management had come over for it, um, and it was really, uh, and quite a few Sydney analysts and um, and funds like uh, you know, I know Tribeca flew down from Singapore for it. Um, you know, one of the one of the funds got lost. Um, he plugged in uh, Woodlawn and it sent him north rather than south, so uh, <laughs> he missed it. But no, it was uh, you know, and it was fascinating. You, you go there and you realise you know they bought you know when you when you're buying sunk infrastructure that's cost sort of a couple of hundred million to build when you can buy that for cents in the dollar, which is done, you know, a 30-odd million. And, but there's and, a later, they have to pay here. Th there is some some uh, contingent payments on getting back into production. Yeah, so yeah. all up it might be sort of 100. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, where Heron ran into huge issues was retreating the old tailings, uh, you know, trying to trying to put, you know, their, their philosophy is retreating the old tailings, going back into the old underground mining areas, mm -hmm. removing that, Um you know, and they just had major issues, and then COVID hit them, and you know, it all fell apart. But um, you know what? So, so, so that was really interesting um, to go and actually see the asset and develop strategies to, like, let's not even we're not even going to constant you know talk about the tailings. You know that that's don't want to do that. The old mining areas are, 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 are difficult to get into in terms of you know your ground support. You've got to do water, so they they are going to spend at least the next sort of you know probably. 12, 18 months, uh, putting in a decline and uh, drilling 35,000 metres to um, find, you know, virgin new, you know, 
or all blocks. And the geos are pretty excited that they'll be able to find uh, a lot more um, and enough. You know, your capital cost to restart it is is pretty low because you know all the infrastructure. It's probably fifteen million bucks for the mill. Um, to spend on refurbing some of the parts of the mill and then, you know, it's really just your working capital. So so that was really, you know, it was great to go and have a look at Woodlawn um, with, with the team there and well, I'd been to Bellevue just before um, before Diggers and, you know, obviously the the, the team was up there, at, uh, the underground team, and um, they were smashing out the metres and you might have seen that chart in the Bellevue where, you know, previous mining um, with, under GBH and, the, you know, the... The development meters has, you know, jumped up considerably under um, under Bill's team. So, um, you know, he's, you know, he, he talked, and the whole folk, a lot of the focus was on the on the people that he's got, and you know, teams bring teams. Um, so, you know, a lot of the key guys that he's got, you know, they'll be bringing, um, you know, the people below them that they work for and trust, and um, you know, have a good relationship. And, and as you know, someone used to say, you know, A graders want to work with A graders, so. Yeah, um, you've seen it. it you know, people- That's why we're together, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself, yeah. Timothy. Yes. Um, Weary, what are you? What about? I guess developed business model, the hybrid hybrid model, client um, client ownership of yeah. mines, along with the mining services division and whatever else, whatever other pies he's going to get his fingers into along the way. But they're the two main ones. Um, yeah, essentially copying the mineral resources open pit version with with the underground version um poise for success do you think oh look i think you you know you, you at the end of the day you're backing the horse and he's been there and done that before so um you know we, we've obviously got a, a a lot of uh faith not only in bill's ability um you know from his uh, uh underground back to his barminko days where he's you know had that hardcore underground mining experience through to, you know, the Northern Star experience was uh, uh, a sensational one. He always seems to be a bit of a head of the pack and a bit innovative. And, uh, you know, I I think there's no coincidence that Chris Ellison's backed him into, uh, you know, being the underground version of MinRes. And, um, you know, obviously Bill's really taken on board and, um, you know, is taking the uh, ESG uh, investment thesis seriously and uh you know he he's he's uh convinced that that's you, you're going to be getting a, a a premium price for for uh, esg friendly produced uh, product at the end of the day and uh, i think ultimately that will be proved to be um uh, successful so you, you really are b- largely backing the individual and his ability to uh, to be able to uh, put together a team to, you know, execute what 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 is what was a difficult asset in Woodlawn, but he's obviously taking a a, a different approach to it with, um, you know, the development of the underground, uh, the uh, yeah underground and and uh, the exploration uh, uh, thesis rather than production, and then you've got Sulphur Springs, which is uh, you know fairly uh, a zinc rich rich base metals uh, deposit with some copper credits etc. Um, you know, there's some serious value there at Sulphur Springs. It's just that we've, you know, we've all got these headwinds, headwinds at the moment of uh, uh, inflationary pressures and, you know, capex blowouts. So, um, you know, that we, you do need some sort of, uh, you know, significant com- commodity price to make this work. But, uh, you know, Bill's got a runway of the next couple of years, I think, because of his previous success to uh, 
um, you, you know, make this thing a a, a winner, and uh, you know, we think we're on the right horse. And with, with the morning services side of things, um, I guess pipeline of upcoming projects. Like we obviously got Kathleen Valley coming up. Yep. Um, as you said, Mount Ida possibly. Yep. Possibly underground, you know. The, I guess it's the whole network out there rallies the Ulysses project. So, yeah. is there potential for, I guess, a lot of new underground contracts to come oh, online in the next few years? I think a- a- absolutely. I mean, he, um, but he was very, he was quite um, in the strategy day talking about, you know, they don't, they don't want to take on too too many. Like yeah. they, they don't want to be a mining services contract to everyone. They want specific contracts uh, or and and his view is we'd like you know probably two to three jobs and then their own work obviously so would their prefer is their preference they'd want there to be running their own mines or yeah oh, it's, it's uh, mixture uh, having the uh, ability to pr- probably both. probably a mixture so yeah. you know that uh, and then you can sort of you know in terms of your employees you know roll them around their sites and uh, you know, promote and you know within within the organisation, you know all the all the you know career path, all those sorts of uh, important things, and and certainly like you know with with the Bellevue contract, you know literally you know we went to Bellevue and then Lion Town, you know just up the road sort of thing, um, you know that's a that's a that would be a you know a great Philip if, if you could get that, and um, I'm sure you know he has talked about that publicly that he would. You know, that is a job he he also need. hasn't ruled out um, taking equity in projects yeah. either, Andy. You no, know, that's uh, right. Along the way, so uh, you know, as part of that model, uh, you may well see them uh, uh, emerge as the contractor, but also with an equity interest uh, in the project. So you know, everyone's interests are, are potentially aligned there. Uh, so uh, it'll be interesting to see if you uh, uh, see develop emerge with uh, mm. interest in projects that they're. Uh, actually doing the contracting for yeah and what, what what's the advantage or i guess what's the bargain chip there so if they take equity they can offer cheaper contract rates yeah. and oh, it, claim an equity in the project yep uh, absolutely and i suppose um yeah if someone can't fund a project or you know for whatever reason um you know they've got a contract mining quote you know maybe bill can come in uh cheaper or say i'll i'll do it for this i'll fund this but yeah. Um, you know, there's lots of ways. And he talks about sort of in the next few years, you're going to see like Haveron coming up, Winu from Rio. You know, there's quite, you know, there's, you know, a lot of sort of, un, you know, large underground developments um, on the horizon. Lion Town, obviously, uh, you know, is going, going to be a big one there looking at sort of a 4 million tonne per annum operation sort of thing so it's going to be a you know a big underground um yeah so it shows just i guess with what bill's doing and rally as well like how cash is king and you can be a bit patient yeah put the money behind the drill bit to explore rather than uh be forced to rush into production get into it. yeah get into it absolutely uh, that was certainly you know rally strategy with with genesis like we yeah at the moment there's no rush um you know dacian sort of you know they they're Going, going to care and maintenance sort of thing. So it's like let's drill it out and let's know exactly what we've really got, um, and and work out where's the best place for the ore. And speaking of just on rally, Bill and Dave Flanagan as well. Uh, Shane McClay was quietly quite flattered the other day when I informed him the finding the front podcast episode with Rally Finn Rail. Uh, the host was talking about, oh, you're, you're a Wasm uh, School yeah. of Mines graduate along with some big mining personalities of uh, David Flanagan, Bill Beeman, and Shane McClay. <laughs> and Macca, I said, you are in illustrious company there, Macca. He was quite flattered about that. 
No, yeah. that is uh, yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good thing though. Um, Tim Ban- Tim Banfield. Tim Banfield. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. N- not as good as your uh, life of mine, mate, but a, a closer. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, there, and there you go, Bill. A bit more um, a bit more free promotion for you. You've got my number. You know when to call me if you want a bit more, mate. <laughs> right on to uh, some other gold stocks. Capricorn. Yeah. Put put out their maiden profit. Yeah. Uh, announcement eight eighty nine and a half million dollars. Yep. Um, when we go through this, I've got some queries for you about these figures to uh, educate us on us all and how to analyse them. Um, yep. Right. Yeah, Capricorn, another precision favourite. Yep. Oh, I know. Look, I mean, if you, if you actually look at the statistics, you know, so they did 118,000 ounces of gold for the year um, at an all-in cost of 1112 bucks an ounce, got a got an average price of 2471 Um But, you know, EBITDA, they've generated $153 million. Of that, um, and I just sort of benchmarked it again, you know, which gives them an EBITDA margin of about fifty-four percent, which was sort of equal with uh, WAF in terms of th- that margin. But you know, w- what I love about Capricorn is it's yeah, it, it all reconciles properly, so you can look at your uh, yeah what they produce, the costs, the margins, you know, w- what sort of profit they should produce, and um, and and you know, always reconciles well. It's similar to when they used to run Regis, so. Yeah, and if you look at it, you know, I worked it out the other day. The actual recovered grade is, uh, you know, I think they mine point eight nine grams, and recoveries are ninety two percent or something like that. So, recovered grade of point eight three grams a ton, and still to be able to generate that sort of mar- uh, margin and profit is, you know, really testament to the team. Yeah, no, just looking at that, as you said, the um, what is it? yeah, the head average grade of point eight, yeah, and to. Be at an all-in sustaining cost of twelve hundred yep. bucks an ounce is pretty unbelievable. Yeah, that's right. right. Yes, no, it's there's certainly. Um, is that just sheerly because of the tonnage they're, they're putting? Big, oh, massive it's tonnes it's, it's tonnage, but it's also I, th- I think the team and the culture and sorry, um, eleven twelve the all-in sustaining. Yeah, eleven twelve, yeah, 11, 12 which is still ounce. one of the lowest um, uh, in the business. But I think it's you know it's all that's just being able to manage the costs and, you know, a good relationship with Macca on the contracting. You know, at, at strip ratio was, was pretty low, um, but they just they just run a, a very lean, you know, highly professional operation. So, um, and and the results are there to speak and they're, you know, uh, you know, the other reason we like it is that, that in the Mount Gibson project they acquired for less than $40 million, you know, that, that should be coming out with a, uh, a resource update shortly and they're looking at sort of, um, a, a maiden reserve by end of the year or Q1 early next year. So they just get on and do the business and, um, you know, generate bloody good profits. A, 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 and and the other thing is they're, you know, they're all big shareholders in the business. So, um, you know, yeah, we, we always like companies where management have significant skin in the game and um, certainly Capricorn's uh, one of those. Yeah. Um, now, could so either of you, I won't ask specifically who, but just butt in whoever <laughs> wants to answer this. Could you please explain to me, uh, as you said, their EBITDA margin's 53.6%. Yep. Um, so they've, their all in sustaining cost was 11.12 an ounce at an average gold price sold of 24.71 an ounce. Yep. So essentially they're. Are they? They're making thirteen hundred bucks an ounce on on the gold, but their their margins fifty three point six percent. How how does that all that calculation work? What does that all mean? Oh, so where does that fifty three point six percent margin come from? So that's just your the EBIT EBITDA that you make over your sales revenue. Okay. So that's that that that's that margin yeah. sort of thing. So you look yeah, and then cat. 
the actual cash flow from operation. Because what happens to a lot of companies is they'll report like a you know maybe a, a, a quite a quite a high EBITDA, but then the actual cash generated by the business is low because they'll exclude or EBITDA is obviously earnings before interest and tax and depreciation amortization. But what what we look for is not not just operating cash flow, but then also how much free cash does this business generate? So you've got to net off your investing cash flow, um, which which is you know your capital, but both, but you know in terms of your sustaining capital, but also your growth capital. And a lot of companies will move what is essentially sustaining capital into growth capital just to make that all-in cost look better. Yeah. Sort of thing. So you know, so for like a Capricorn, they actually generate. They had they had one hundred fifty-three. Um, so when you say free cash flow, that is like after capital, everything, yeah, that's yeah. what's left over. So they had, the oper- they had operating cash flow, um, 134, um, is that right? And, and investing cash flow about 50 odd for a few things. So they generated circa, you know, 90 million bucks. Yeah. Um, you know, cash added to the balance sheet. And there's always, you know, uh, you know, your payables and, you know, inventory movements and those sorts of things that, uh, Work around it, but um, that's really you know because because what as a shareholder what you want to know is how much how much actual cash does this business deliver and you know they are able to repay their debt you know repay a significant chunk of their debt and do all those sorts of things. So um, I think they're left with uh, sixty million to yeah. pay twenty five million off the debt. Yeah. yeah. So this maiden profit, how many years leading up? How many years of oh, development and everything getting to this maiden profit? How how many years prior to this like you know of um. I, Capital expenses and exploration uh, to get they this probably, made. They in started profit. building the pro- probably a couple of years um, just to start building the project. I think the project was about 170 million all up, sort of thing. Uh, and then they first gold. Uh, you know, this was their first full year of production, sort yep. of thing. So, um, so she's flying now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that you know, um, generating cash and hence the cash that they're generating now will be used in their second project for Mount Gibson, sort of thing. So you've got that. You know, currently 100. And, Say 125,000 ounces going to circa, you know, they bring out if Mount Gibson's sort of a similar scale, you might see, you know, closer to 250,000 ounces. Yep. Um, and, and have Andy, this- just as a comparison, you know, CapEx for Mount Gibson, um, you know, what in the current environment, what, what can uh, these guys build that for? Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, it, it hope, uh, if it's a similar scale, I think um, if they could. You know, 170 would be a you know a terrific result. Um, yep. I- I- anywhere around that, I think anything below 200 um, would be a good result. I think you know we saw um, Osgold's study out that was only a PFS, but that was uh, plus 200, a bit over 200 for a three million ton per annum plant. Um, but these yeah. guys similarly, you know, I'm, I'm the other one to probably mention is Emerald Resources that b- built their project up in um, Ockvow, and that was a two million ton. Um, you know, an incredible. For, you know, for 98 million US, um, you, yep. know, it, you know, which was a really, um, you know, an amazing achievement. And, um, you know, it's really, yeah, you know, uh, quality teams really shine yep. through in those totally. sorts of, um, totally. uh, it, 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 you know, in the past couple of years where you've had COVID and, and similarly like, you know, Richard Hyde's WAF did a fantastic job over in um, Burkina Faso um, building his project and, and that's commissioned superbly and, you know, that they're a calendar company, but they still, you know, just for the half generated $106 million in net profit. So um, a ripping result from um, from WAF. Yeah, so and they've obviously got some 
oh, the business as usual. So yeah. mil- change of military leadership in Burkina Faso, no. but it seems like. But they, as a, he said, in it, they've been through numerous six, six. six I think those, this is yeah. his seventh. So um, yeah. you know, we, we've got a saying to to buy the coup. Um, it's, it's often hard to because the stock's getting absolutely belted, but normally it's a knee-jerk reaction right. and, and normally, you know, operations do recover and, you know, they've got, you know, you know proper security in place. Uh, gold mining is, you know, there's there's 12 or 13 operating mines in Burkina. Um, you know, look, it, it, I understand why investors do uh, pa- uh, panic when you see those headlines of uh, but, but this sort of stuff, it's a really a question of how you manage it rather than, um, yeah, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. The um, and because just looking, so it's a pretty, pretty awesome deposit that San Brado, San yeah. Brado, San Brado, yeah, yeah. San Brado, like because you look at their numbers compared to compared to Carla Winder, so they're <laughs> they're processing their head grades 2.8 grams going through yeah. the mill, they're open pits one and a half grams, yeah. so it's not not double, pretty close to double yeah. of what then. <laughs> Nine point nine grams mine grade of their underground. They're so underground it must be pretty. It's pretty good orb. Oh, it's a fantastic. Yeah. So they were, um, you know, it's it's a fascinating history where because originally when I first met Rich, he was talking about a heap leach. They just found this. Um, they just had the open pit, and you know, times are really tough. And then they kept on drilling and found the M one South underground deposit, which um, you know changed ch- changed the ballpark. And you know, it's an underground running at. Um, at, at at, at an average grade of about nine, ten grams, sort of thing, and uh, there's a real sweet spot where they dive down into the first year, and hence their production of sort of 280, 290,000 ounces a year, um, which exceeded their guidance. So, yeah, yeah it's it's amazing. Um, you know, that that completely changed the perception and the ability to finance it. They got they got 100 percent debt finance from from Taurus um, for this. You know, it's a 200 million dollar build, and uh, you know, commissioned literally, you know, just as COVID was hitting. So, um, you know, a fantastic, fa- fantastic achievement. I'd say that he was in the West um, this week uh, talking about it, you know, uh, him and the team and um, how they're, you know, planning to do it again with their second project, Kiaka, which um, uh, which they've already put out, the, you know, uh, the feasibility on sort of thing. So um, Now, DeGray, so they've... Talking uh, of capital raising, talking yes. of capital raising, yep. De Grey, yeah. hundred and thirty million of the yep. big butt, the big hundred and thirty yep. million. I think a brick. I've heard a brick is a million, so one hundred and thirty bricks yep. uh, raised. So, and I've got a few definitions to ask here as well. Right. Um, so, firm commitments received for a fully underwritten placement of one hundred and thirty million shares at one dollar. Now, firm commitment meaning yep. that. Canaccord, who's the underwriter, will take up any uh, shares that don't for, get. For, yeah, it just means that yep. um, it's not subject to best endeavours. That that hundred million is raised uh, or already raised before they before they go live. So they've they've crossed wall cross um, institutions yep. and, and have signed them up. And uh, yeah. So, so, they so before they, they put out this first, yeah, they would have sub underwritten it. Yeah. Okay. So before they put this announcement out, they already had the buyers. Correct. Is that, is that they already firm? had the um, yes. And then the other two versions, as per my Google today, is um, uh, what was it? Uh, best efforts. <laughs> best efforts. And yeah. all or none. Best endeavors. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. best endeavors is, as the name suggests, we're going to try it and. We're going to try. Um, yeah. but there's no uh, commitment from the broker. Uh, for any shortfall. So if you go out for 10 and you only get seven, then 
that's the best endeavours. So what what Waluna's raising was when they had the yeah. one before administration, that was the best endeavours. We'll yeah, that see was, what we that, can that, get. That wasn't, yeah, that wasn't underwritten. And you also had, I think, in that one where um, people that rode money converted that debt to equity as well, I think um, some of the mining contractors yep. and all that. Um, so that that's best endeavours where there's no, um, yeah, as as the name suggests, you just trying your trying your best, and and, and often like um, for for the company likes the certainty of an underwritten offer because um, it means you've definitely got there no matter what happens, you know, in the market overnight or anything like that, um, and you know, and whereas best in, uh, sometimes if it's a smaller offering or or that. Uh, it's it's always just a best endeavours. Is so is fully underwritten the same definition as firm commitment in a way? If it was fully underwritten, that is that just means it's uh, been fully subscribed. Fully underwritten means that they have it's a legally binding um, underwritten agreement. Yeah. With so it would be the broker with the, with 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 the um, with the company would place any shortfall. Yeah. Yes. Whereas whereas the yeah firm, firm commitments have they've gone out to their clients and they've signed a letter. And you know they've got the 130 million in the case of De Grey uh, covered, but they're not underwriting it because what happens even with uh, firm commitments, if overnight or something like that, a, a significant market event takes place and the market falls more, there'll be some conditions in there. And if the market falls by X percent, you know you you can uh, you, even under that scenario you can still get off the hook there. So it, uh, the underwriting is the most secured one for the company. Uh, interestingly, also on on DeGray, uh, the 130, they've also gone out to shareholders for uh, an, another 20 mil via a uh, share purchase plan as well. And uh, I think I'm right in saying, Andy, uh, uh, Gold Road also took a, uh, up their allocation yeah. to stay at 19.9%. Yeah, that's right. So Gold Road maintained their 19.9%. And they maintain a 199 because as soon as they hit 20, it's classed as a takeover. Yeah, you can't, you can't, right? you, you can right. creep, but you can't go, um, you can creep at uh, 3% every six months, um, but you can't go above 20% without launching a, a, a bid. But can, can they go above 20% and then say we're not going to take over, we want to hold more than 20%? No, that's a, you can. It's creep provisions, which means you can increase. You can, I think it's 3% every six months, is that right? Six really? months, yep. yep. Um, yep. So they can buy on market and w w without launching a formal bid, but that's why uh, you know, they're at 9.99%. So that's the most they can buy at the moment without launching a bid. Okay. Yeah. And so but, and but, you, you, yep. can't, you can't go over 20 without... Look, can you can they hold more than twenty and it, it, not take it, over the company? It, 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 no, it, in some cases, say if they underwrote a rights issue. Yeah. Um, say if you're a small company and you know you had a major shareholder that underwrote a rights issue, um, and 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 they increased to say forty percent, that that and that's approved by shareholders, and that's that's okay. Then they don't have to launch it. Ah, okay. A, a, yep. a bid for it. Whereas Gold Road, if if the, you know at the moment, you know. Since, but as I said, so they can, you know, six months time they can pop, they can keep, they can buy up to twenty twenty two point nine nine percent. Ah, okay, so they can they can creep. It, yeah. It's called the creep provision in the okay. you know, part of the. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. Thanks for teaching me everything about finance, <laughs> lads. I'll, um, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, you just can wake up in a minute. <laughs> um, now, so and this one hundred and thirty million part yep. of my uh, other googling today. So. 
a cat that you can a company can only raise 15 percent of their market cap is that right for so the maximum they could raise was 130 million is that right yeah there's there's some yep. provisions on that isn't it in in terms of the amount of capital they can raise per annum without having getting shareholder approval. to go to shareholders yeah i think i read it was 15 percent so that yeah. must be 15 percent of the market cap is it uh, of the issued shares, yeah. Okay. Shares on issue. Shares on issue, yeah. Yep. So, the DeGray, the DeGray project, mm. tell us about it. Who's the DeGuru? <laughs> Too many. let Andy run with that one. After. <laughs> I, I, I know the CapEx is about a billion dollars, yeah. and they, they're, uh, they're talking sort of north of uh, half a million ounces a year for 14 years. Well, yeah. it's, it's um, looking to be the third biggest project in Australia yeah. behind Boddington yeah, and Cadia. I, I know. I mean, yeah. look, in terms of discoveries and all that you know and it's an absolute cracker um they've they they have um they've delivered the um you know their feet their, their feasibility the other day and um I, from from the pfs the yeah w what it showed is that you know for a billion dollars a 10 million ton per annum plant uh and this can do well over sort of half a million ounces um i think peaking at about five seventy five eighty thousand ounces so um you know it, it stands alone as uh a one, you know, a, a fantastic tier one discovery in, uh, yeah, a world class discovery um, in a great jurisdiction. Um, hence, I think that you know, speaking to the brokers today, that that um, placement was well and truly um, oversubscribed, and you know, a fantastic register where, with um, you know, global institutions, and and I think backing the team to build it. Um, but often in these sort of, you know, when it, quality, you know quality of this project you'd suggest that you know that there would be lots of the larger mid you know larger gold producers saying you know we, we, we would like to own this and and um you know that's a different discussion and hence, you know you've already seen gold road acquire 9.9 percent they're clearly interested um you know they've got their cash flow coming out of, of greer but yeah i mean to grow an absolute you know cracking discovery and deposit um ultimately though you you would think someone else is going to you know bear gold road or others but you you'd think someone is, is you know going to own and develop this project is uh uh you know uh, you know it's a, it's a big boys game this one and uh yeah uh you know you know billion dollars of capex you know it's a, it's a significant operation i i think you'd have to think you know at, at some stage gold road would uh uh you know or, or you know be and, another and, and or is it a you know is it a new mind or a or a new crest or something. Yeah. I was about to say new because yeah. it's Pilbara sailing. And I yeah. suppose, uh, does, uh, proximity probably doesn't matter as much with gold. Like they're just no. flying bars out That's essentially. Right. So yep. we've yeah. got some proximity to Telfer, um, yep. Telfer and Haveron. Um, yeah. And because and I did say in the news, um, uh, Sandeep, Bizwa neglected to even mention Haveron in his. He did an investor presentation. Oh, Denver Gold or Denver something. Denver Gold, but right. um, did not mention Haveron <laughs> once, which I thought was yeah. um, take from that what you will. It yeah. seemed a bit sus. Yeah. Um, it's. I think it's the most expensive decline that's been um, developed in history because you know it's been road headed like bad ground. It's like. Right, okay. used a bloody tunneling machine rather than yeah. a conventional jumbo <laughs> development. So, um, yeah. yeah, but with that that raising that hundred and thirty million, as it says there, yep. looking at the mostly for completion of the DFS resource definition drilling, um, extensional drilling, um, pre-development activities. So, and essentially getting it ready to present it to a 
a, a funder, it, it looks yeah. like. So what are companies' options? Is it is it joint joint ventures takeovers? Oh, why and what why would can't what What's your prediction here? How this will um, pan out, or can it? Yeah. Is there just multiple ways it can oh, go? Oh, there's just. The, uh, I mean, the, the great thing for for DeGray is they've got the, the whole range of options open to them. Um, you know, really from like they could certainly finance it themselves. You you, you know that, that that deposits. You know the size and the quality of the of the project. Um, you know, which is why they've got you know forty million dollars they're talking about for a DFS. You know, which is a lot for a DFS, but they're obviously doing. You know, to a standard, they want to continue to drill it because, you know, that that's where you add the real value is through the drill bit. Um, they've already got, you know, um, what's it, nine million ounces or ten million ounces? I think six million ounces in reserves. But, you know, if you look at that, I think it's a juicy on where the uh, dookie on the, the high grade starter open pit. You know, that just spits off cash sort of thing. So, I think there's a full range of options open to them from going it alone to bringing in a partner to. Someone offering a, a takeover, you know, a bid. I'm sure they've already, you know, got corporate advisors or defence people lined up um, to help them. Should should an unwanted suitor come in, but uh, uh, you know, ultimately it comes down to what's best for shareholders and what's the best, uh, you know. And I know that uh, speaking to the brokers, I was saying, you know, part of this raise was that um, a lot of the North Americans and Australian investors want want a, you know, a, a new producer of that sort of size, half a million ounces, you know, to, to, to go it alone and, you know, be an ind- independent gold producer and sort of thing. So, um, because, you know, you got... Andy, you know, with these, you know, projects, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bloody big project yep. and, uh, you know, it's, it's a, uh, you know, it's, that, you know, not necessarily easy, but anyone can go, get, you know, organise to get studies, you know, get pre-fees and a bankable fees done, but... Building these things and you know the development is is another level again. Um, Absolutely. Do, do you aware if uh, Degray has you know the team in place which has had that sort of construction type experience and gone through a, a, a commissioning uh, phase of a large operation? Because you know as we know, if something's you're going to have cost blowouts or yep. you're going to have commissioning yep. issues. Um, you know, this is the high-risk part of the venture. Yeah. Uh, have they got a team in place to, oh, that, no, that's no, been there and done that? Uh, not at the moment, in my, um, no. w- w- what I can see. But I think part uh, that's that whole sort of transition of management and, and board that you see as they move from that sort of expiration stage um, into development stage sort of thing. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just why I sort of think, you know, I'm of the opinion ultimately – uh, uh, someone else will own this and, and yep. develop this project. I'm to be proved wrong, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm of the opinion that uh, um, someone else will build this uh, 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 ultimately at the end of the day. Yep, right. I think we'll uh, we'll call it there. We were going to talk Cygnus, <laughs> but we've um, we just get too excited. We've got a whole month to catch up on. That's, <laughs> that's why. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We're getting a bit carried away. Yeah. Well, hey, well, thanks, thanks for dialing in, Weary. Um, uh, you can go good. for your afternoon animal feeding session now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll go and uh, uh, see how the sheep are travelling. <laughs> <laughs> they they've pull, lived pull, another pull, day. Pull the cork. Uh, Decant one of your fine reds up there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring me. Uh, I'll look forward to. An invite weary or bring me muster and birds yeah. with me. Yeah, right. Lock it in. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Thanks yeah, very boys. much again, lads. No, uh, you later. Good on you, mate. All right. Bye. Cheers, mate. Bye bye.